0: Do not stood at least if not walked in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ as he stands without speaking through his trial before the people of God and before the Romans. But I want to take you back to that first lesson. That lesson was the gospel of love of St. John. A little, children, I shall be with you a little while longer, he promises. You will seek me, and as I said to them, Where are you going? You cannot come. now I say to you, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. By this you will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. If I've always taught that we should read the Scriptures Christologically that we should always even if we're reading the Old Testament read the Old Testament with the lens of Jesus Christ we should also read the lens of Jesus Christ in this moment as with the lens of love why is it important that Christ teaches that we should be recognised as disciples by our love because at this point at the end of God's Providence at the end of God's preparation throughout all of history for this moment. He has given civilization to the people of God. He has given them a law that should be a guide. But they have elevated that law above God Himself and made the law the thing that is the idol. That all that was needed to be a good Jew, to be a good person of God, was to follow the law, to follow God's law. And even the echoes of that we hear today, when people who call themselves scripture say, ah, but God's law says, and what you should do is follow God's law. But brothers and sisters, God's law is defunct. God's law is ended, God's law is completed, God's law is fulfilled, transplanted, transfigured into one commandment. All of those laws stand by the test of the one commandment, the commandment of love. But we use the love word love, indiscriminately these days. We love all sorts of things, mostly when it comes to shopping or Netflix. Sometimes we love washing up, not very often, but we love things. We sometimes love people, and we love people mostly very poorly. We all like to believe ourselves to be the perfect lover, the perfect person. Who loves perfectly, and we can see no wrong in our form of love, no matter how disfiguring our love might be, of another person. So, what is this love that Jesus speaks of? Well, let me jump forward a few gospels to that extraordinary moment where he says, "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani," Lord, Lord. Why have you forsaken me? And many people have used this as an opportunity to say that God died on the cross. God is dead. And that God the Father so despised humans that he had to destroy his own son, had to forsake his own son on the cross. And in that moment, somehow, there was a separation between God the Father and God the Son. My understanding of Orthodox Christian teaching is that this is not true. That Jesus Christ at that moment was quoting the funeral psalm from the Hebrew Scriptures that starts, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? David singing, Lord, Lord, why have you forsaken me? And there are many times in David's psalms where he flips between Lord, you have forsaken me, I cannot know you, I cannot feel you, I cannot experience you, and then a sweet joy as he recognises the presence of God. In this moment, may I dare to say that the human is dead, but the divine still lives. And not just for a fleeting moment just to dip God's toes in the idea of human death, but for three days. Remember, three days are the times when the spirit stays connected to the body, which is why Lazarus has to wait four days before he is resuscitated to life again, to make sure he is definitely, at least according to Jewish law, raised from the dead. Not for a fleeting moment, But for three days, the human is dead, yet the divine lives. You imagine that anguish of God the Father, of the Godhead, of the Trinity, separating and becoming separated from its humanity, from its very own creation, torn apart separated. And yet, we know, the disciples didn't know, they kept asking all those dumb questions. The disciples didn't know what was going to happen. But we have the sweet joy, the joyful grief, the grief-filled joy of knowing that Christ is resurrected I use the infinitive there, I think that's the right term, isn't it? Is resurrected, rather than will be resurrected. That Christ is resurrected. And we know that at that moment of resurrection, humanity and divinity are conjoined again. That they become one, fused. That we, God, becomes human. That we might become divine. Love is a self-giving love, a self-emptying love, a freeing love. To love a person is to free them from the chains of their bondage. As Jesus Christ frees us from the chains of our bondage. A love is not grasping, a love is not controlling, a love is not manipulating A love is not self-interested, but love that is other-interested. And that's what we preach here at St Anne's, here in our archdiocese, here in the Orthodox Christian faith, here in the Christian faith globally. Not a law, not a moral prescription, not a behave nicely because God will be nice to you back, Or try and avoid getting caught by God and he'll be angry with you. None of those things. In our faith, we preach love. A love that gives of itself, that empties itself unto death. And that is what we are waiting at this moment now, as God has been crucified, as the person is dead the human, forgive me, is dead but the person of the divinity of Christ is alive and we await with bated breath with silence for the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen, Amen. Amen.